2: Tom Bernard Show with Mike Molina, Andy Brad
3: Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal.
2: Thought Ellie and Nick was coming in, but we haven't seen him. Mm. Where the hell is he? So it, it
3: really is just boys' hour.
2: Yeah, it is. It's All just right. boys' hour. You know, that's how it is. We'll be right back. Kick things off. Hour three.
1: Tom Bernard Show.
2: Spread across two states. The Walzerway includes upfront no haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three day return and thirty day exchange policy. I'm a customer. My family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer Way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick. BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota. Go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. You Mormons never laugh, do you? Just sit there with your pilgrim hat waiting for your duck to die. Hope you go to Utah and suck salt. I say this, gang, sucking salt, that's a colored dance team. <laughs> the color guy went out. I never heard of sucking salt. Heard of the Nicholas Brothers, but never sucking salt. It's true. Why do I make fun of the Negroes? Because I'm not one of them. But I say this, gang. See any color guys coming towards me? If you see teeth, it's not an ivory hunt. Go into glory, glory, hallelujah, open up a bucket of watermelon and hope to hell we don't get picked off. I say this, though, gang. Where
4: did don't stress, sir. It clears right stuff. up. There's a new thing out called soap and water. I got some yo-yo here with a fungus. The greatest thing. you're a Jewish guy, you can always
2: tell. Bald, heavy set, and a hook nose that's sucking up his lip. <laughs> oh wow. uh, Don Rickles wow. loved everybody, didn't he? Turned ninety two yesterday. It would have been ninety two. He would have been ninety-two yesterday. Unfortunately he passed <laughs> away. But do you think there'll ever be another like Don oh, Rickles? Probably boy. not. Eventually.
4: Uh, I think it'll take a while. while. it'll cycle through. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I suppose you're right, it'll all cycle <laughs> Gil- through.
3: Gilbert's not far off. Yeah, he, would.
4: he would He do true. that kind of thing if he could
2: Yeah, he would If he could, you're right You're absolutely right uh, I hate the stereotype Hate to, but believe it or not There's a 42-year-old guy who lives at home with his mom Who has a big collection of lightsabers <laughs> That's a true story Okay Well, it gets better get The story gets better. Of course it does. Uh, the police in, uh, is
4: it Du Bois, Pennsylvania, or Du Bois, Pennsylvania? I
3: think it is Du Bois. It's Du Bois, yeah. It, I think I'm it pronouncing sure it is. wrong.
4: That's, yeah. Well, I can find out in about like five seconds. It is Du
2: Bois. It's not Du Bois, it's Du Bois. Yep. Police in Du Bois, Pennsylvania got a call a few weeks ago from a 75-year-old woman named Joan Vargas. And when they got there, they found she had cuts on her head and wrist. She told them it was because her 42-year-old son, Andy... Damn,
4: uh, says
2: Andrew, so. ...had attacked her with one of his lightsabers. He's All 42, well, living with his
4: mom. cuts on her? With a lightsaber. Well, yeah, it's like a plastic lightsaber. What, did he, like, put razors on it or something? Uh,
2: she told the cops she wasn't sure why he attacked her, but he denied it and said his mom had hit herself with the lightsaber. He was arrested for misdemeanor assault and harassment. Mm. I, You attacked your own 75-year-old there's mother whom so you live with. There's so many
3: things wrong with that story.
2: <laughs> there yeah. really are, aren't Starting there?
3: Starting with Star Wars itself.
2: Yes, well, there is that. It's There's a lot of stuff wrong with that story. You can just leave it at that. No doubt about it. Um, I saw this story earlier and wanted to talk about it today because what you have here are two of the biggest pricks on Earth that just happen to run into one another. If you're in your 90s and still eat McDonald's, you might not have a lot of years left before your heart explodes, so I guess there's no time to waste. I don't understand what that means.
3: If you're in your 90s and you're still eating McDonald's, you're probably doing pretty good. You're yeah. probably doing well.
2: I, would I can think. Exactly. eat McDonald's. A 91-year-old guy named Johnny Douglas was at a McDonald's drive-thru in Richmond, Indiana on Monday, and the guy in front of him was taking too long. <laughs> the to drive-thru. Okay?
4: I need my McDonald's.
2: Uh, So Johnny responded by pulling out a gun and firing a shot at him. He shot at the guy because he was taking too long. Might be some dementia, maybe. The guy in front of him was 39-year-old Philip Bailey. No, not the one from Earth Wind and Fire. And apparently there was some drama leading up to it. Johnny yelled at him to get a move on. Then Philip yelled back and ended up throwing a drink at the 91-year-old man. So that's when uh, Johnny pulled the gun... But luckily, the bullet didn't hit anyone. Police showed up and arrested Johnny for criminal recklessness and pointing a loaded firearm at another person. And Philip was also facing charges for intimidation and disorderly conduct. Uh, Andy, would you blow up those pictures so I could show Doug?
4: Look. Oh, my God. Look, so at, these, look at these two guys. The, There you go. There's the young
2: guy. There's the young guy
4: right there. Yes. <laughs> and then there's a yeah, he Grandpa. Looked- it
3: looks a, he looks pretty pretty good shape for 91. For 91,
4: yeah. He, he looks kind of like an like old
3: Ben Carson.
4: He does. Yeah, he, does. he looks yeah. like an old... That's, you're that, right. What's that on? Is that like blood or is that a tattoo? I don't know. He's got blood or it's a, it's some... Some red blood. crap on his face.
2: Yeah, he's got red crap all over his face and he's got a faux hawk. He does have gauged ears, so... He's got gauged ears and a faux hawk. The picture isn't great quality. But and he's got a prison vagina, which is also called a, a goatee. Yep. Mm. So I don't know what his deal is. But uh, all of you calm down, okay? What is it, Psycho Day? (laughs) Nice news. Apparently. Wait, there's more. If walking around in high heels and no pants is a crime, well, you know. There's a 37-year-old guy named Jeffrey Battaglia from Staunton, Virginia, and apparently he had a very specific fetish or a really strange exercise regimen because there were two nights back in March where people spotted him walking through a park in the following outfit. He was wearing a black hat, he was wearing a black dinner jacket, he was wearing high heels and stockings, and he was wearing no pants. The cops eventually tracked him down, and he was just arrested for indecent exposure. He's walking through a park not
4: wearing any pants. See, if it was just the one time, I would say definitely drugs. But two times back-to-back doesn't say drugs to me. That just says, I don't know, either Attention-seeking or some really, really specific brain problem?
2: Well, no, Andy. you Don't want to offend people because what what I was going to point out is, and I'm sure there's somebody that would be deeply offended by this. Apparently, the guy thought he was a guy from the waist up and a woman from the waist down.
3: Well, but women, and most women walk through parks yeah, without pants on without and high, pants
4: on and that's high heels. that's why the
3: park national park systems is as popular as it was.
4: Well,
2: yeah, just imagine that.
4: Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I we think this guy might want attention. I don't really understand
2: that either. I don't understand that story at all. So why would you wear a black hat and a black
4: dinner jacket, but then then you'd wear stockings and high heels but no pants? It almost sounds like he has, like, an 8-year-old's view of the world because those are, like, if you think of, like, you know, man, what do you think? Well, it's, like, a, a top hat, only men wear that, and, like, a dinner yeah. jacket. Those yeah. are male clothes. And then stockings and high heels. But you think a dress, though, in that case. Yeah, put the dress on and cover up the At least no, a, no pants uh,
3: thing. Maybe a nice skirt.
4: Yeah, skirt something like good. that. You'd think, yeah, if that was the uh, case, then he would probably be wearing something like a skirt. Unless yeah, he could would find so. one or get one somehow. Yet another
3: reason I have the ultimate respect for police officers and having to deal with these well, lunatics. What do you do in that know, case? That's your job. Go to the park and see the guy wandering around in high heels with a schlong hanging out. Yeah. I know.
2: I know. It's unbelievable. Oh, did you see, by the way? That it was coming. We all knew it was coming, and it came out. I guess yesterday or today. Uh, Stormy Daniels has revealed to the world that uh, Donald Trump has a small penis. Oh my God. <laughs>
4: You knew it was coming. Well, yeah, of course that's what she would say. Cuz
2: who's the woman that said that Bill Clinton had a penis the size of a thumb? What was her name I again?
4: Never, I don't remember.
2: Jennifer that. Flowers was that her? That was she was one of them. I don't know, but th- this one woman said that that Bill Clinton's penis was thumb size. Of
3: course, I would in defense of our president, I would say that porn stars probably have an unrealistic <laughs> view on the standard of male Genitalia. Yeah, there's only one Johnny Wad, is right. that what you're saying? Yeah, he's barely hung, Was only a foot long.
4: Johnny Wad, he died of AIDS, didn't he?
3: I think he did. I yeah. can
4: imagine so. I Let's think he see. did, probably. Johnny Wad, I don't even... W-A-D-D. His, I think his oh, name was Holmes. Right? John, John, Holmes, John, Holmes yes. was John Holmes, yes. Yeah. John uh, Holmes, yes. Yes. He died of AIDS. Respiratory arrest and encephalitis due to AIDS. How old was he? 43. Ooh, he's only 43. Yeah. Man. that's was that for the-, the 80s? Was that in the With 80s? AIDS? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's not that young, yeah. actually. He didn't
2: know. Uh, 88. Nobody died. knew. Nobody knew what was going I on. I saw
3: there. something cool last night. We were casting around looking for something to watch, so we watched the... First SNL episode of season five, so it had just started to, to get good. Bill Murray was on. Eric oh, Idol, yeah. Yep. Eric yep. Idle was the guest host. Yep. Dylan was the musical guest. He did really? serve somebody. It was back when you could understand Bob. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, if you watch the first year of SNL, it's I've never seen the first not season. That great. No, there's it's some, not funny at all. There's some good moments in there, but it, it took them a while to really get
4: rolling. Are there yeah. any, like, what's the earliest well known bit that they've done. Is there anything anyone would recognize from season one? Well,
3: I think they did I think they've always done weekend update. I think that's, I think that's that was true, Chevy in yeah. the first yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, Chevy did it, right? Oh,
4: he was in the first season. Yeah. He was only the first yeah, season. Only the first yeah, only season, the first yep. season yep. I think. So
3: okay, that's a, so that's a bit that's stood for forty five years or whatever.
4: Yeah, so I think he's probably uh there's something there that people have heard of?
2: They're very sad in uh, the Doug Kinney movie because Chevy Chase was a really good friend apparently of Doug Kinney's and hearing Chevy Chase talking about Doug Kinney. I, I did not know that they had been friends, but that's what this movie claims anyway. But Chevy Chase was talking about Doug Kinney and how much he loved him and how funny. Doug Kinney was one of the funniest human beings ever born, yeah. but he just was miserable. He's a drug addict and a booze hound and he was just, it was just sad. The whole story, but my God, is, was he funny? He was. He came up with the stuff, man.
3: Well, starting with the whole National Lampoon stuff, it was great.
2: Yeah, he went to Harvard. What was it, Henry? What was Henry's last name? His uh, partner can't remember, in because I just watched Harvard that Lampoon. about a month ago. It was oh, you really did. Good, yeah. Yeah, it was a really, really good movie. There are two really good movies. Henry Beard. Henry Beard. Henry yeah, Beard. There yeah. you go. That's exactly what it is. But the two of them together started National Lampoon with uh, the third guy, Nick... Uh, no, I can't remember his name either. Nolte? His, his money. <laughs> yes, Nick Nolte. <laughs> That's exactly what it So was.
3: I remember listening to that radio show on KQ in the early oh, 70s, yeah. and at yeah. the end they'd name the cast, and I was like, who are all these guys? Who's right. Gilda Radner? Who's Bill Murray? Who's you know?" And it was you know, future comedy superstars.
2: It was very... What I loved about the National Lampoon Radio Hour... Is that it was only a half hour long. Right. (laughs) And at at,
3: at some point, I think I remember some of them saying, we understand that there are certain state program directors refusing to play the second half of the National Lampoon radio hour. Please call your local station immediately in protest. And the poor jock at KQ would go, it's just a joke. Stop stop calling.
4: Stop calling me. The third founder of National Lampoon was Robert Hoffman. Um, That's not the guy who funded it.
2: Oh, the funding. The guy who funded it was, Nick, I think Nick somebody. I can't, I can't remember. I, can't remember either. I don't remember who it was, but the, but the thing just absolutely blew up. They thought nobody thought it was was going to go anywhere. No. It was too offensive, <clears throat> and oh my God, no one's going to buy this magazine. No one will ever read this. Ma- I never missed an episode when I was a, when I was a kid. I'll tell you that. When I was a teenager, if when National Lampoon came out, I got a copy of it. I will tell you that. Some of the greatest things ever, like. If Ted Kennedy were driving a Volkswagen, she'd still be alive because Volkswagens float.
3: <laughs> I, see, I have a couple of the records from the radio show.
2: Oh, the... Uh, Christopher
3: Guest doing Genius' is Pain. The Genius', John,
2: the ah! John, ah! <laughs> genius is Pain.
3: Which we can't even quote the first line of the
2: I resent song. performing for you. Something.
3: <laughs> effing, effing, effing. <laughs> effing, effing. Effing, It's Christopher Guest doing a dead-on oh, I thought young, it was, John uh, Lennon parody.
2: I thought it was the uh, the English guy. Tony... No. Uh, um,
3: Tony Hedron? Tony th- Hedron, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's Christopher Guest.
2: Christopher Guest is fantastic, too.
3: Because he did Joan Baez and Pull the Triggers, <laughs> yeah. too.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> Pull the Triggers.
3: Another word we can't say.
2: Another word we can't say. It's absolutely true. There were so many great things on there. It was unbelievable. I bill bill murray talking to uh was mr roberts i think instead of mr rogers it was mr oh, roberts yeah. about play, playing the bass oh, that's I, right. you play the bass for your band and the bass it it looks kind of like a violin except for it's bigger It was a hell of a lot bigger
3: <laughs> <laughs> you remember uh belushi doing swami craig oh Baker yeah from oh Champagne, yes i Illinois. do Fantastic. All right, we're gonna, and Who? Who? Somebody played an Indian sidekick. I, oh, I mean, I'll never get on the air today. That's probably Tony Andrew. What, what miracle are we going to do? <laughs> I'm going to teach you how to chug beers, <laughs> Swami Craig Baker.
2: It was pretty amazing. And that stuff now is what fifty years old.
3: Yeah, early seventies. So
2: it was early seventies. So it's yeah, it's forty-five years old, something like that. We're only hearing about this now because it's a site called the War Bride Project did a story and the Washington Post picked it up, but Bruce Hollywood is a 57-year-old retired Air Force Colonel who was adopted by an American couple in Japan. And he always knew he was adopted because his parents were both white and he's half Asian. So they couldn't have kept it a secret even if they wanted to.
4: And his name is Bruce Hollywood? Bruce Hollywood. It's an interesting name. Exactly.
2: His adoptive mom even gave him his real mother's name at one point, but he never wanted to meet her until he had a heart attack back in 2005 and almost died. After that, he decided to track her down to make sure he knew uh, that she knew he had a good life. He didn't want her to feel guilty about giving him up. And when he found her, they had a pretty amazing first phone call. Her name uh, was Nobu. Nobue. Nobue?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, Nobue. And she was still living in Japan. He found out she owned a restaurant called Bruce which was named after him. It turns out his adoptive mom had given her a photo of him as a baby over forty years earlier and told his name, told her his name, so that's how she knew what it was. He flew to Japan ten days later to see her in person, then went back regularly to visit her until she passed away in two thousand nine. So they only had a few years together, but they really made the most of it. That's cool. That's a hell of a good story. What are we doing that Feel-good stories on the Tom Bernard Show. Oh, we got
3: plenty of time left. That's true. We'll be
2: back, Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic.
4: You may own guns and you may even own tanks. You may be somebody's landlord. You may even own banks, but you're going to have to sell See, I can't tell if this is Bob Dylan or someone making fun of Bob Dylan. This is Bob.
3: (laughs) Now the funny—if you watch this, watch the bass player. The guy is like this short, pudgy, bald guy, and the whole time he's playing. And I realize this is radio, but he's going like this. (laughs)
0: <laughs> doing squats? Well, You're like on, doing
2: you're on, on uh, YouTube yeah. doing that. <laughs> like, doing squats on Bob, YouTube. You're
3: Bob Dylan. Couldn't you find a better bass player than <laughs> yeah. doing the
2: squats. squats? Well, maybe he yeah. d- needed to
4: get his exercise in. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Two-term California governor George Duke Majin, whose anti-spending credo earned him the nickname The Iron Duke Died Tuesday of Natural Causes. He was 89 years old. The Republican spent three decades in California politics as an assemblyman, senator, state attorney general, and governor. He was elected as the state's 35th governor in 1982 when a massive absentee voting campaign edged him just ahead of Los Angeles Mayor Tom Bradley. The AP reports it
4: was a real comeback, says Ken Chakagian. Cut. Kuchigian? Kuchigian? Kuchigian. Kuchigian. What in the hell kind of name is that? Well, he
2: was a longtime friend of Duke Majin, was Kuchigian. (laughs) Yeah, what? He is Armenian. Armenian, yes. Okay. Who recalls the governor-elect celebrating his win with a bowl of his favorite ice cream as governor from 1983 to uh, to 1991. Duke Majin ran a law and order administration expanding the state prison system and supporting tough anti-crime legislation. Despite a few notable exceptions, Duke Majin made his opposition uh, to new taxes and increased government spending, a focus of his political career. His favorite phrase was common sense, which in many cases translated to cut or stop. He earned the nickname the Iron Duke from his GOP supporters in the legislature for his willingness to veto spending proposal. After he eliminated a $1.5 billion deficit, Duke Magin declared uh, in the State of the State address that he had taken Californian from IOU to AOK. While he was a gracious and gentlemanly person, almost courtly person, he was very determined to achieve his goals and very effective, says Republican Pete Wilson, who succeeded him as governor. That's interesting. So he balanced the budget, and some people still don't like him.
4: Well, everyone's... The, no one likes is liked by everyone. Well, that's... No matter how good of a person they were, someone hates them for some... Wait a minute.
2: I am. People all love me.
4: Yeah. yeah,
3: you can. So when did he when did he start? Early '80s, '83, 83, '83. 83, yeah. yeah, some of that you know, I, I, I vaguely remember, but some of it is the sign of the times because yeah. you know, when Reagan's first term, we were coming in a really bad recession. Yes, that was '84, '80, '80 right. you know, 80 80. was, uh, and he started pulling us out of it. I mean, Jesse got the same windfall in the late '90s. Yeah,
2: he did have well, we'll all this left... Oh, I can't
3: do Jesse Ventura. No, I don't even <laughs> oh, want that, to. That was
4: a really good impression, I thought.
3: It sounded like it being
4: choked. <laughs> he does have a very strange voice. I wonder if some of that is like... Does he put it on or what? I don't know because he
2: kind of talks with his yeah. jaw. He la- talks with his lower jaw a lot instead
4: of I don't know what that's all about. Better it's like a wrestling injury kind of thing. <laughs> it might have been a wrestling injury, that's true. Like he can't move his jaw like he should be able to or something?
2: I guess so, I don't know. Does he still live in Minnesota in the summertime? I think he lives in Mexico full-time now. Oh, does he live in Mexico full-time? He I, gave up uh, his spot out f- there at Del Mar Beach or he whatever. He
4: fled way. the uh, mind-control waves and such. He's living off the grid, Andy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's off the grid. I'm off the grid in Mexico. Mexico. Yeah,
3: him and Randy Quaid.
2: Yeah, Randy Quaid. Yeah, he's really off the grid. <laughs> Randy Quaid is way off the grid, as a matter of fact. He's that. off every grid. He's a, guy. Whatever grid you got, I'm off it. I will tell you that. Holy God. Uh, what happened to him?
3: Cousin Eddie. He, just got, he got too into the role. It's like Val Kilmer being Jim Morrison.
2: Yeah, that's true. He got way, way, way too into that role, man, because he was really good at that.
4: Well, it's weird because it happened when he was, like, 50-something, so it's, like, it's pretty unusual to suddenly... That is late to become psychotic. Yeah. So, unless he was always psychotic and, like, stopped taking his meds or something.
3: It could be. I mean, he could just be severely manic-depressive. That does happen. Stop
4: taking his meds. It's very possible. That does indeed happen. There's no question
2: about it. I, um... Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, a lot of that stuff, you look at people's histories and you go, well, what what was really going on then? Mm-hmm. What happened? Why was it so? I mean, $1.5 billion deficit couldn't be that easy to overcome no. without raising taxes. And he cut taxes, so I don't know how he got that done, but uh, somebody had to pay for it, right? Uh, that's what I guess people don't understand. Here, Here's what's weird. When... And I'm not blaming this on President Obama. I'm just making the, the statement. People thought that when President Obama got elected, that he had Obama money that he was going to give them. But they didn't... They really? didn't yeah, they actually thought there were. It was like, Obama. I'm going to get my Obama money.
4: I remember that. Remember that? Hmm. I remember people, yeah, he... They, the, th- yeah, there they, we go. They
2: thought for some reason he could... He had a bunch of money to send to them... It wasn't the taxpayer's money, it was Obama's money.
4: I don't know, it's just a weird belief. I mean, odd. Some Like some sort of um, surplus, maybe? Yeah, but from what? I don't know.
2: I'm going to get my Obama bucks. They call them Obama, Obama money and Obama bucks.
4: I do remember that. I, it just I remember George W. Bush gave a, uh, whatever you call it, free Speech? money thing. Didn't he give out a um, surplus the check? Tax cuts. Yeah. A yeah, tax cut Yeah. No, No, someone, maybe it was even before that. Maybe it was Clinton. But I do remember everyone in the country was supposed to get, like, a $2,000 check or something. That
2: was the state of Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, that, that was, was just Minnesota? Jesse. Yeah. Which uh, I never got, by the way. I never got mine. I
3: think I, I got 110 bucks. Okay, so nothing. that
4: was when I was still so young I didn't know the difference between state and federal. State and federal, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't pay I, attention I, anyway.
2: I was really surprised that Jesse didn't send a check to me at my house.
4: <laughs> but I didn't get one. Yeah, here we go. I don't know Obama why. stimulus package.
2: Yeah, they're the stimulus package. That's what uh, it was. They
4: thought that he... The act of 2009, so yeah. pretty soon after he got right into... Right after
2: he got elected.
4: Yep. Let's see. It was signed into law. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. $831 billion. $831 billion. What was the deficit at that
2: time? How many trillion? Um,
3: I think it doubled under the Obama administration No, I, I, think, right. it I think it went from eight to like I don't think 18 it Uh like I that.
2: think it shot through the roof Is that by year Let's find out I know. See, we found out all these interesting facts on the Tom Bernard show Because Andy works like a dog behind that screen
4: That's what it's all about 2008 Oh, this is debt by GDP That's, Yeah. We want raw numbers raw numbers on what the what the
2: deficit was in 2008. Looks
4: like it went from about 65 to maybe 100. 65. So, it can't be right. Oh wait, no, that's, again, okay. Oh, here's, that's the total. Here's the actual number. It's in trillions of dollars, yeah, it's uh, looks like it went from about 8 trillion to yeah, over 16. Yeah, so About
2: doubled. About doubled, yeah. So, it was that and why did it double?
4: Probably be well. Apparently, this stimulus package oh. was based on something called Keynesian economic theory. Right. That's basically so he
3: spent it, a, he spent he spent his way out of the recession. Basically. Yeah, you give people,
4: people money, they're going to spend money, and that's going to revitalize the economy. But that where do you idea. get the money to give the people the money? Well, the idea is you go further into debt to, right, in the future have less debt based on, you know, and that didn't work didn't seem to, no.
2: It did not work because it went to 16, and now it's at, what, 20 or 21? 21, I think. 21 now. Yeah, things are looking good. And the actual number is about 100, isn't it, Andy? The actual no- number of our debt is is not 21 trillion. It's actually about 100 trillion. I don't know. I don't know. Is that with the notes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. I'll read this while I mean, you're it's looking. it's hard to say. I mean... Well, don't say I doubt that, then, and then say it's hard yeah, but to say. How could it
4: be $100 trillion? It's,
2: it's somewhere between 80 and and $100 trillion we actually are in debt. But they just throw out the number, that low number, so people feel better, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, in any case, don't risk getting hurt, eating wo- injured wildlife. Yeah, you know, I, I've often wondered about that. Why? Be careful when you go and help in wildlife, because they'll tear you apart. Don't risk getting hurt, aiding injured wildlife was a gentle warning posted on Twitter on Tuesday by Arizona's Game and Fish Department. A warning prompted by an incident this week between a kind-hearted motorist and a stubborn owl. They, you know, they, they call people owly for a reason. You owl. know, if they're an owly person, it means you're kind of crabby mm-hmm. and well, I mean, mean,
4: owls are designed to, you know, eat things alive. That's kind of what they do. <laughs> exactly. so they're not the nicest animals in the world. The Arizona Republic expands on the
2: story, which involved a woman who was driving north of Tucson just before midnight on Monday, when she spied a great horned owl on the road and appeared to be that appeared to be injured. The good Samaritan picked up the essentially motionless owl, per Game and Fish uh, rep Mark Hart, and placed it in her car so she could bring it somewhere for help. As she was driving, however, the dazed owl suddenly became much more clear-headed. The owl then proceeded to dig its talons into the steering wheel and the woman's sleeve. You, know. you just let the thing sit on the seat next to you? Wouldn't you at least put it
4: in the trunk? Yeah, You'd think, think so. so. I mean, don't do that. Well, yeah, speaking Yeah, speaking of talons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they've got, like, three-inch long, you know, razors on their feet. They do. There's no question about it. And Bush did have a rebate check, 2001. Okay, back to the... Okay. Um, Deficit. I the heard deficit. this on the radio. and had to look it up. This okay. will
3: scare the crap out of you. All right. It's the difference between a million, billion, and a trillion. A million seconds is twelve days. Uh-huh. A billion seconds is thirty-one years. Uh-huh. A trillion seconds is thirty-one thousand six hundred eighty-eight
2: years. Thirty-one thousand years. six hundred eighty-eight. We're screwed. So we're screwed.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what that means.
2: That's yeah, that does mean we're screwed. <laughs> well, if we pay off a little every day, that's right. It'll only take us what? So that would leave us what? What a twenty-one.
3: That's 31,000 years. Yeah, times. For every trillion, so times 21. Times 20.
4: 20. So it's only 600. 600, yeah. Yeah, a little over 600 years. We pay off $1 per second. (laughs) That's not that much. Thanks, Doug. Sorry. (laughs)
2: 600,000 years. It's
3: going to suck for you because I I got another (laughs) 25 to 40 and I'm out.
2: Did you say 31,000 years? Yeah,
3: 31,668 years.
2: So it's over 600,000 years. Yeah. We'll good. all be dead. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Everything'll be good. Everything'll be covered. Did it say what the what the actual deficit is?
3: No. No. This was a somebody quoted that on. I heard it on the radio Saturday and but it it stuck it was in accurate. my head. Yep.
2: Over six hundred thousand years if we pay it down
4: a little every day. Well, One dollar a day. That's One dollar a day. Basically nothing. That's true. In the uh, grand scheme of things. The story of Eddie Tipton, the former
2: information security director for the multi-state Lottery Association, who rigged the system to enable himself to win millions, had been told before, but not like Reed forgave, uh, uh, Forgrave. excuse me, tells it for the New York Times magazine. He starts in Rob Sand's office in July 2014. Sand was an Iowa state prosecutor, and his boss had just handed him a file on a case that might not even be a crime, on December 23, 2010, a hot lotto ticket was purchased that turned out to be worth $16.5 million, but then something weird happened. No one claimed it. Twelve months later, just two hours before the ticket was set to expire, a Des Moines law firm claimed it on behalf of a trust uh, tied to Belize that was connected to a Quebec attorney who had two months prior tried to claim it without revealing his client. If that sounds convoluted and questionable, the Iowa Lottery CEO agrees. It just absolutely stunk all over the place, he says. All Sand really had uh, to go on were two surveillance clips from the gas station where the ticket was bought. They showed a hooded man, his face not caught by the cameras, who spoke with an ear-catching drawl. We only had one bullet left in our revolver, and that was releasing the video, said Sand. Foregrave paints the voice captured by the video as Tipton's undoing, it was swiftly recognized by colleagues, including J- Jason Mayer. Uh, Mayer uh Tipton as a friend, so he went to great lengths to prove his suspicions, uh, suspicions wrong using audio software to isolate the voice in the surveillance video and compare it to uh, audio of Tipton captured by his home security cameras. It was a complete and utter match. His own friend trying to help him out doomed him. Uh, it was a complete and utter match, sound wave and everything. But that was only the tip of the iceberg, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Uh, well, Tipton,
4: uh, that's fine. That's enough. That's
2: enough of it. In any case, so. yeah, well,
4: don't uh, don't defraud the lottery. Yeah, it's,
2: it's just something to think about. Just uh, don't defraud the lottery, and then you don't. Uh, first of all, if you had a draw, why would you go in? Hey, listen, I want to buy a yeah. ticket. <laughs> I mean, why would you do that? I don't know. Put on an accent. Yeah, put on. Go in there with a French accent or something. I mean, what the hell is wrong with you? But sixteen and a half million he thought he was gonna get away with it and
4: he uh, it didn't really work out too well for him, but you know. No I think there's that. a reason it's so difficult to defraud the lottery. Oh yes. There's yeah. no question I don't, about it. Has that. it ever Successfully been done in recent history? Not that I know of. You guys know of it? Well, how,
3: how would we know if it was successful? Now that's, that's true. We wouldn't know. That's well, a very good point.
4: I mean, like you know, eventually they'd find out. But All right. I get you.
2: We'll be back. Jim DeFelice, our special guest, coming up next. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. I remember when my older brother came home from Vietnam and how proud I was to be seen with him in uniform. I'm a huge supporter of our military men and women, and always have been. I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget. We're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today.
3: Well, one cold day a posse captured
4: Billy. And the judge said, string him up
0: for what it did.
2: <laughs> Where did you get this song?
0: Billy
2: Joel's birthday. A big oh, Billy that's Joel's true. Yeah, that's true. Right, you are a big Billy Joel fan, are Jim DeFelice, with us. How are you doing, Jim?
0: Hey, I'm doing great, but uh, man, I got to follow Billy Joel. I don't know. That's it's, uh, it's gonna be rough.
2: <laughs> but did I pronounce your last name correctly?
0: Uh, it's close enough. Uh, as long as, you know, people pronounce it in different ways. I'm I'm easy going. As long as there's no four-letter word attached.
2: Well, oh, that's true. So how how would you how do you say it?
0: Well, I say it de felice. That's and what I said. And the reason I say it that way is because my grandfather, uh, who came from Italy, said it that way. Now, if we were in Italy... We would say it's something along the lines of De Felice. De, Felice. <laughs> no, De Felice. You know, yeah, you know, but you got to use your hands when you say it. You got to right? you wave your hands around. Yeah, gotta you you wave your hands around, and you know, and maybe you have some vino and uh, whatever else.
2: Well, Jim, I'll tell you what. I already learned something I had no idea <laughs> of. Um, West like lightning. The brief, legendary ride of the Pony Express was the most audacious get-rich-quick scheme in American history—an attempt to monopolize freight transportation and financial services through half the country. So, what if it involved a swindle of hundreds of thousands of dollars, bribes to government officials, and the? So, it's just like today's government. Same yeah, story. much,
0: and they almost succeeded. I mean, they came pre- <laughs> you know—came pretty close. Their 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 key problem, though, was relying on the government. You know. Right. I mean, you know you really can't swindle the government. they will swindle you right back.
2: So. <laughs> That's exactly it. right, isn't it? Uh, uh, so what if it involved the swindle of hundreds of thousands of dollars, bribes to of government officials, and the occasional loss of an ear or other body part? The only thing standing in its way were 1,500 miles of desert, impassable mountains, hostile Indians, sociopathic killers, and religious fanatics. It was the Pony Express. Now, how long did the Pony Express last?
0: Well, you know, believe it or not, it only lasted 18 months. That's
2: what I thought. Mm-hmm. I, I learned it's,
0: that from you, though, and I thought, my only
2: 18 months and it's that famous? Yeah. Isn't
0: that, isn't that incredible? Uh, it, but the, the thing is, it happens at such a key time. It's just the start, right at the start of uh, the Civil War. And it's also all of these famous uh, Western people kind of intersect with it. Everybody from Mark Twain, you know, one of the greatest... American writers to Mm -hmm. Bill Hickok, one of the one of the great gunfighters of all time, to you know the man who practically invented the Old West, Buffalo Bill Cody, right. And uh, so you know you've got all of these really really cool, larger than life personalities involved in it.
2: Mark Twain, in a way, was involved. Is that right?
0: Absolutely. He's uh, if uh, you know for all you literary majors out there who read *Roughing It* uh he talks about his um, his stagecoach ride actually his brother uh for <laughs> for what it was worth uh, decided on a very short lived political career and uh mark twain was going to be his secretary uh unfortunately you know again it was one of those government jobs that didn't exist and twain gets out there and um, has to turn to other things which end up including uh writing after he tried his hand at uh, silver mining i think but um, while, he was, while he was on his way out there, he met one of the most interesting, uh, iconic even, Pony Express
1: superintendents,
0: Jack Slade. Jack was, was brought on uh, by, the, by the owners of the Pony Express to kind of clean up things and set up the route and get things straightened out. So Jack's out there, and Jack is a fellow who, um, who likes, well, let me put it this way, Jack would never turn down a drink, uh, and he, he had very, very strict rules about when he would not drink alcohol. If he was sleeping, he would absolutely not drink alcohol. Otherwise, he was good for, good for, <laughs> good for whatever he could. He was fairly sober, though, in the mornings, which is when uh, Mark Twain met him. But Slade, anyway, was out there trying to figure out who was rustling all of their horses that uh, at the time were very expensive because they're building building up the Pony Express and they're buying basically any horse that could stand. And he finds out that it was somebody that was actually working for the company. Well, they had some words and words, and we go into the whole story in the book, but the end result is uh, the fellow loses an ear as well as his life. The ear gets, uh, let's say, tacked to a fence post, and nobody... uh, for some reason, nobody steals any horses from the Pony Express ever again. Uh, Slade was uh, was quite a character, he was, uh, hard drinking, hard riding, and uh, he, for while he while he lasted in the job, he really had things running well.
2: So, what was the whole? Uh, was the idea at its beginning a good idea, or was it just a scam from day one?
0: No, you know, it was what the, uh, what these guys were trying to do was set up. Uh, kind of a combination uh... you know fedex service uh, large freight delivery and and, uh, almost in a way you know an email internet service that we have today but you know delivering the mail delivery if you wanted any sort of information uh... delivered west of the of the missouri river uh, or east of california you would you would want to deal with these guys that's what they were trying to do the problem was they started running into some financial trouble and uh, one, of the, one of the three owners of the company, William Russell, had this vision that they could get this government mail contract, which was worth about a million dollars, maybe a little more at the time, which in today's money, I don't know, in today's money would be you know, an incredible amount, and that would, uh, that would save the company for a while as they built up their business. And the way that he figured to get the contract would be to launch the Pony Express, have this great, because it would be great PR, nobody but nobody could deliver uh, the mail from uh, the Missouri River all the way to California in 10 days it took, it took months so everybody's like excited, go, oh how's this guy going to do this, what's this going on and so he's hoping that the PR uh, attraction the halo if you will would uh, you know, build up popular support in the meantime he's also working behind the scenes uh, with some congressmen uh trying to get that trying to get that contracting feels with the combination of uh of the con- congressional support and the oh, and the, the public acclaim is going to get them the contract well they got the PR because the Pony Express was this huge thing uh everywhere you know everywhere in the country they knew about it whether you are talking in New York you can look at the newspapers in 1860 and they're talking about the. this, this fresh dispatch from from the Pony Express, and that's true in New York, as well as St. Joe, Missouri, as well as Nevada, Utah, California. Everybody knows the Pony Express. It's on everyone's lips. The only problem was, the government contract, which he was promised, didn't come the day he was promised, didn't come the week he was promised, didn't come the month he was promised, and uh, by the time it came, it was about half or a little less of what he had been promised uh, and they were already uh in quite a lot of trouble
2: so it, it was never going to last because the government basically screwed them over is that what happened
0: well his idea well the government screwed him over is really kind of the the big thing that happens but they uh russell uh knew that it was going to be a short-lived thing it's kind of a loss leader
1: you Yeah, know, trying yeah. to
0: something to get attention their business model was not actually as kind of far-fetched as it sounds. About two decades before, another company had done almost exactly the same thing, building up a monopoly of uh, deli- by delivering goods and also money, uh, which these guys, the guys that started the Pony Express, were trying to do as well. That company actually succeeded, and as a matter of fact. A lot of us carry the credit card of that company, American Express, today. So if, if Russell and his partners, uh, Alexander Majors and William Waddell, had succeeded, today we'd have the Pony Express card that we wouldn't be leaving home without.
2: So it wouldn't be American Express, it would be Pony Express.
0: Absolutely. Now, what happens is that two of, two of the guys from the American Express actually are, are in a similar business and battling with the with Pony Express and the Pony Express's uh, parent company. And they actually have a slightly different business model. A, they're not totally dependent on uh, government contracts. They also have probably better politicians in their pockets. And B, they're working with a lot of small businesses so that they're, uh, they're kind of covering their exposure in any one area. If they have trouble in one place, they can always swing over to somebody else and that company also is with us today it's wells fargo
2: right you know what's funny about that is i don't know about american express but wells fargo's in a lot of trouble for in the modern era screwing
3: people over
0: <laughs> well you know it's, a, it's one thing that kind of binds us you kind of goes through right through that american history you know?
3: <laughs> about eight or nine years back we were at, we were doing some recruiting I, I worked for a large car dealer group in the twin cities and the marketing director took an old Pony Express Help Wanted ad, put it in the paper as a way to recruit people to a seminar. And it's a cl- I just looked it up. It's classic if you've never seen it before. This is actually in the paper in 1849 or 50, I think. Wanted, young, skinny, wiry fellows, not over 18, must be expert riders, willing to rest, risk death daily, orphans preferred. <laughs> I love that. Okay, now,
0: now I've got gotta gotta to first. Oh, I'll go I, ahead. I, I have to burst his balloon on that because that is the greatest advertisement of all time. But uh, unfortunately, like a lot of things associated with Pony Express, uh, when, you, when you dig into it, it turns out that, although most of that sentiment is actually, is actually true, they were wiry young fellows, they were 19, 20, uh, and they're very athletic, uh, generally on the light side, uh, the, the advertisement itself had apparently uh, come, been, been made later on. Oh no! Yeah, I know it's.
3: Well, I I have a funny follow-up. So we get a a email, somebody complaining that we were that it was age discrimination. I'm like, you moron! Come on! It's a
2: joke. Settle down, (laughs) my god. So here's what I like about the story, Jim. The most is they screwed us over 150 years ago, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, 25 years ago, and they're still screwing us over today.
0: So that's (laughs) great news. Well, you know the the, the kids that, that worked for the, the Pony Express, they didn't. They were no, you know, they were right. remarkable. They, right. um, you know, there's only one instance in those 18 months, and you know, there's an the Indian War. There's all sorts of snowstorms. There's, you know, you're, you know, tornadoes. They're so used to tornadoes, they're just going to ride around those suckers. Only one mailbag, or what they called Mokilla, which would have actually had like four little pouches. Only one ever gets lost and not delivered. It mysteriously disappears, um, probably uh, because of the Indian War. Um, obviously, because it disappeared, we don't know all the details. Right. It shows up mysteriously a few months later. So technically, they delivered all of the mail. They they did a heck of a job.
2: Oh, well, see, there you go. And and, and if. Do you think if they hadn't set out to screw people over that it would have succeeded?
0: I think that um, if they hadn't been in financial difficulties in the very beginning, uh, or if that mail contract had come through right away, it's arguable that that it would have lasted for a few more years. uh, Russell only, they were only looking at it to last for, for a fairly short time. Because uh, they were using the telegraph, they were using the, yeah. the, the railroads. So, you know, we also have this little thing called the Civil War in the yeah, middle of right. So, So, you know, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to say. They, they certainly had a lot of energy, and the, uh, the, the kids that were riding were very devoted to it. Um, what happens is that Russell, because they, they get into financial trouble, Russell starts Um, starts making promises that he can't keep. He borrows money based on contracts, which, you know, is not a bad idea if you do it, you know, once, but if you're doing it on the same contract, you're promising you're only going to get $500,000, and you're promising... To, you know, that $500,000 to seven or eight people, that could get you in a little trouble. Mm, they yeah. call
3: it a Ponzi scheme. That might yeah, be
0: a Ponzi something, scheme. Yeah, something, something like, that. like that. And then he that he somehow got some bonds, we we'll go into detail in the book, but he got some bonds from the government that weren't really the government's, and he's oh, you know, borrowing those and loaning those out. And so, yeah, things kind of went sour for
2: him. Ladies and gentlemen, West liked Lightning, the brief legendary ride of the Pony Express, uh, Jim DeFelice and by the way, American Sniper,
4: unbelievable.
0: Thanks, thanks. Unbelievable. Uh, that, uh, really emotional book to write with Chris.
4: Sure. Yeah, we and, had uh, Chris on uh, not long before he died. Yeah, it was.
0: The, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, close. Uh, I still, I'll tell you, I still remember the morning uh, finding out. So, yep. Uh, well,
2: you know, uh, he made a huge mistake. He tried to help someone. Why yeah. would you do that?
0: Yeah, well, that's Chris. I'll yep, tell you, that, I know. Uh, that's Chris. Um, that and a, a heck of a sense of humor, those, no doubt those two about it. went together.
2: Jim, thanks for your time today. Great book, West like lightning.
0: Thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate have it. Have a great day, sir. Take care.
2: You have a great day as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard Show. <laughs>